Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to another Monday Night Therapy. <laughs> I'm I'm the worst intro guy in the world. I just got home a little bit ago from Nebraska, from a really good weekend in Nebraska. I had I had a lot of fun. I got to see a lot of people, including some of my relatives I haven't seen for a while, and it it was a joyously good time. What did you think of the weekend, Todd? Ah. Uh. Very frustrated and disappointed. Uh, wow! It was a good. Uh, it was a good thing I was not close to sharp objects and high ledges. Was there something else that happened besides a the spring game? The Nebraska baseball team went zero and three, <laughs> and got absolutely smoked. Smoked. Should we, should we start there? Should we start there? You just brought it up, so we're starting there. We're starting there. Yeah. I knew going into that series that, you know, Nebraska was seven and two in the conference, leading the conference. Um, Iowa had a losing record in the conference and um, was like tied for seventh or eighth. But Iowa had the best pitching staff in the Big Ten Conference, and they showed it against Nebraska. And, you know, their, their, uh, um, their starting pitching, you know, was good enough. But, man, once they brought the bullpen in, they just absolutely shut Nebraska down. So it's one of those where, you know, I, I just need brain floss to get it all out of my head. Tomorrow night the baseball team plays against UNO, and they're 0-2 against UNO. But somehow they got to figure out how to get a win. But holy smokes, you know. I expected the Iowa series to be tough. I really did, but I did not expect Nebraska to get sweet, and I never would have guessed that they would have gotten dominated like they did. And I know, Aaron, we're supposed to be the therapist here, but sometimes therapists yeah. need therapy too. Part, you know, part of therapy is is talking it out, talking about the problem, the things that are bothering you. So if you're in the chat, you know, you can go ahead and just start spewing out this stuff. Uh, that is bothering you right now. Todd, why, why didn't our hitters, I don't know. Yeah. They were pretty hot offense coming into the weekend. Iowa just shut them that bad down that badly. They did. They did. I, you know, Nebraska had the best offense in the big 10. They were on like a 13 or a 14 game streak with a home run in every game. I mean, they were just hotter than heck. And Iowa just shut them down. I mean, Iowa's top pitcher, or supposedly their top pitcher, is their Friday night starter, Brody Breck, who is a wide receiver on the football team. Um, but, you know, he's 
he's considered to be one of the top pitching prospects, you know, uh, looking forward to the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, he's been clocked at 104, and, you know, he's warming up throwing 96, but he was wild. He was all over the place, and, you know, he gave up seven walks, but yet Nebraska couldn't capitalize. They could not string together any hits, and, and uh, you know, at times they were patient at the plate, but, um, you know, and they, at times they hit the ball hard, but it just wasn't to be. Um, good pitching, you know, they always said good pitching beats good hitting, and uh, uh, that that proved true with, with what we saw this weekend. So he came into the weekend first in the Big Ten. Do you know where we are now? I haven't looked at the standings, but we're probably knocked down to, you know, fourth or fifth. The, the Big Ten is going to end up being a cluster of about five or six teams. That's what's going to happen. And, um, you know, it's uh, it, it will be um, – It'll just be which team can string together some wins. And, you know, if, if uh, you, you can't get swept in a series, you just can't allow that to happen. But now they got to pick themselves up. They've got Minnesota at home next week. And, you know, Minnesota took one from Iowa. Minnesota beat Iowa on Friday night. So we'll have to see what happens. Well, I, I looked. Nebraska is listed at seventh, but there's a whole gob of teams at seven and five in the conference. So it's like we're tied for fourth. But they, they, they you yeah. know, because the Big Ten standings show us in seventh, I, you know, all the tiebreakers. I don't know if they built right. that into their right. website. But from first to seventh, I mean, it was like, uh, it's like the Big Ten basketball season where everybody's just murdering each other. Indiana's well, on top, I think, with a nine and three record or something like that. And Indiana's got the best RPI in the league. You know, they're kind of a surprise team this year. Um, but Maryland's still going to play good ball. And, you know, Nebraska, um, Nebraska's going to control their own fate. And really what I hope, and, and I believe it, it will happen, is Nebraska needs to finish in the top eight so they can make the tournament. Um, they need to have a chance to win the conference championship. The regular season championship doesn't mean squat for Nebraska other than bragging rights. That's all it means this year. Yeah, they've got to get to the Big 12 or the Big 10 tournament, and they've got to win the Big 10 tournament if they want to go to the regionals. Nebraska is not going to get into the regional tournament if they do not win the Big 10 tournament. They do not have the RPI that um, will make them an additional pick. So they've got to win. They've so, got to win the tournament. So – Oh my God! I had a thought and it just went away. Why? Why are we inconsistent? Why is our? It's very specifically. I get that <laughs> the batters got shut down by good pitching, but our pitching is inconsistent too. Uh, why is our pitching so inconsistent? The pitching, you know, we, we don't have a starter. We don't have a weekend starter that you know can seem to throw you know string together four or five innings right now. I mean, and before you know, shoot. Emmett Olson was getting into the seventh inning and he even pitched into the eighth one weekend. Um, I think it all has to do with confidence and focus. Um, part of it has to do with, with, uh, you know, pitching without fear. And, you know, I listened to Bo uh, coach Bolt in the post game comments after the Friday night game. And, um, you know, the Ben McLaughlin asked him a question, you know, so basically what, what, what went wrong with Emmett Olson? And he said, he didn't throw enough strikes. And, you know, you, you've got you've 
got to challenge the strike zone. In college baseball, if you get behind in a count, if you're down 0-1, or excuse me, if you're behind, you know, one ball, 1-0, 2-0, you know, it's it's just not it's just not favorable to the pitchers. And Iowa, I, you know, and God, I hate even to say this. Um, Iowa fundamentally plays the game as well as any team in the conference. And fundamentally, they play the game as well as any team in the country. Rick Heller is an outstanding baseball coach. He truly is. Um, but it's it's and they execute. They don't make big mistakes and they know how to work account against Emmett Olson. Every doggone hit they had that night when he was on the mound was to right field. They went with the pitch. They didn't try to do more than what they needed to do. They did what they had to do and they were very successful with. This sounds like they're doing the thing that where they just go let Nebraska beat themselves. You got to throw strikes. You have to throw strikes and and you've got to and you got to put the bat on the ball. It's you know this is, um, is this Iowa's philosophy against us in every sport? I, I don't know. Could Except be. wrestling. Could be. Except wrestling. Could be. Kinda, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so frustrating okay. weekend. They play, they play at Omaha. The baseball team plays at Omaha tomorrow night. I hope to go over and watch the game. They have South Dakota State at home on Wednesday, and then they host Minnesota on the weekend. So, boy, it would be nice to finally play well during midweek. Corbin Hawkins is going to be the starting pitcher tomorrow night, which is an interesting choice uh, to start out. So we're, we're hoping. You know, and, and, and you know, there's, I haven't been able to keep up with some of the, the posts here, but Brody Breck, the Iowa pitcher on Friday night, um, he was a wide receiver on the football team. I think he had like seven catches this last year. And, you know, he is, de- he, he is no longer going to play football. He declared that he's going to be a baseball-only athlete. And why wouldn't he? Why would he want to play in, in uh, Brian Ference's offense as a wide receiver? <laughs> why would you want to do that? And, you know, the guy said to make millions because he can throw the ball over 100 miles an hour. So, um, yeah. Interesting, interesting situation there. Is that all it takes to make millions is throw the ball over 100 miles an hour? And be somewhat close to the plate. Okay. Somewhat close. <laughs> okay, let's, let's talk about let's, better things. Let, let's go with some comments. Linda Wilkins said, I would like to report that pipeline jerky has now been enjoyed in Hawaii. That only leads Alaska for them to cover all 50 states. Good job, Linda. And it's nice to see you again this week. Uh, Aaron Rastabostikaki says, uh, our baseball guy says, Iowa absolutely refused to throw fastballs to guys on our team that can't hit breaking pitches. Uh, yeah. Comment on that, Todd? Well, well coached. Well coached. They had, you know, what happened to our pitching? What happened to our hitting? Uh, the the third factor is we got out coached. Ouch. That's hard to say, Damn. but it's true. Okay, uh from Linda again, did you see that the Pirates called up a player who had been in the minors for 13 years? I know nothing about yeah. Major League Baseball. Well, I, I haven't paid that close attention, you know, for a guy to stick around the minor leagues for 13 years, you know, trying to keep his dream alive. Um, you know, that's pretty admirable. By the same token, um, you know, it's uh, it, maybe he just made the the choice of 
Well, maybe he didn't. He wasn't equipped to get on with life. I don't know. <laughs> I still do. I still have T-shirts available at CobbyCorn.com. There's that little ad thing, and we're gonna segue. We're gonna segue into Husker football on a comment from Fred Sacco. So you know what this is gonna be about. Fred Sacco says Husker baseball getting into the tourney is as likely as our former head coach getting into his own bed after a night of margaritas and golf simulator. Put on bedding, but on golf. Wait, no football, Todd. We're moving the football. 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 We went to the spring game together. We did. And uh, it, it was name one thing out of the spring game that uh, you liked or didn't like. The thing that if I say spring game, your immediate response is it was damn cold. <laughs> and it, it was a spring game and it was supposed to be warm and it was damn cold. And it was a beautiful November day. Well, yeah, a beautiful day for November, but it's flipping April. Um, no, the weather, it was cold, but, you know, what do I think? It was uh, it was nice to see as many people in the stadium as there were. Uh, you know, a lot of people did come out for the game. Um, it was fun to watch a football game, or you know, the semblance of a football game. Uh, it was. You know, they the only thing they really modified, um, you know, with the rules of the game were, were the kickoffs because they didn't want somebody getting smoked on a kickoff, so they they changed that up a little bit. But um, yeah, you know. I guess my impressions are I think Jeff Sims um, is is a, a solid quarterback. <laughs> we Linda had each Wilkins other. said, but you had each other. We, well, yeah, we weren't we hugging, each- no. We weren't under yeah. a blanket. I was just going to tell him we kept each other warm. <laughs> we didn't. Yeah. We didn't. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, oh, you know, I, and, did, I didn't mean to put that one up yet, but go, keep going. Yeah, let's come back to that because that was pretty cool. But um, no, th- th- I thought uh, I, I thought that there was a decent, some decent football played. It was it was a mess in some respects. You know, there were times when the execution certainly wasn't there. Uh, you know, I thought Cameron Durgens was out there playing center for a while um, because of all the snaps that were up in the face of the quarterback, and uh, they had they had problems with the. With uh, when quarterbacks were under center, you know they had problems with that exchange, you know, and and like Matt says, there were a lot of fumbles, and you know you just simply can't you can't tolerate fumbles, and you know Matt Rule that was one of the first things, one of the first observations he made after the game, um, but you know there's there's a lot of new names out on the field. It was fun seeing some really young players playing really well, playing very well. Um, you know, and and boy, my goodness, they've they've brought in some athletes. I mean, uh, that MJ Sherman playing linebacker, holy smokes, he's he, you know, he's got the look. He he's he'll be a player. We will have to learn how to announce uh, pronounce Prince Will's full name as a like edge defensive end outside linebacker guy. I think. Uh, I think of time, that one's gonna ahead be a of. Yeah, I think one of the comments that, you know, we were sitting with some people, and I think one of the first comments that we heard when the teams took the field was, oh, my God, look at how little size this roster is compared to the year before. 
And there weren't, there were not a lot of players on the field as compared to the year before. And the offensive linemen actually wore gray jerseys so that they could play both ways or play for both teams, basically. And I guess uh, the one thing you haven't mentioned yet is I would say that it, it's pretty clear that I, maybe we have six decent offensive linemen. And if we lose like Ben Scott at center, we might have a, I think based on that alone, my thing that I was going to, you know, I, I had a long drive back to Minnesota. I just got back a little while ago. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say is this, if you were one of those people that thought we were going nine and three or 10 and two this season, I think when you looked at the offensive line and how few of guys we have that could actually play first string, you might want to just say, let's go six and six. And after that, everything is gravy. You know, I, I hate to put everybody's Kool-Aid drinking back, but, you know, I, I also don't want to be disingenuous about this. I just think that uh, if there was clear there's a lot of work that needs to be done with this team. But I think we all expected that. Well, you know, there's I, what, I think there's 13 offensive linemen and right now, something like that. And um, a comment that someone sitting close to us made was, you know, when you watch the first team offensive line run out onto the field, they actually kind of run out on the field. And, you know, I'll tell you what, you can already start to see some differences in in uh, with the strength and conditioning program and and with the nutrition, because, you know, Bryce Benhart, he's got a totally different physique than what he had in years past. And and I'll be honest, I did not watch the individual offensive line play close enough to really make any comments is Bruce, you know, is Bryce Benhart significantly better? I don't know, but I, you know, it was really interesting because they said you, you watch the first team run out on the field and they, they run, but you watch the second team waddle onto the field and, and they did, yeah. they kind of waddled. Um, but you know, this big kid that transferred in from Georgia, the, the last name is hood um, boy, he's got some size you know, if if they can get him in shape and, um, you know, uh, keep him healthy. I know he kind of buggered, I don't know, his leg, ankle, knee, something up a little bit. Um, but he did come back and play. You know, he's he could be a dominant force in that offensive line at, at some point. Um, and, you know, Teddy Prohaska, he didn't play. So, you know, there's hope there. And they're bringing in, you know, they're bringing in some tough, supposedly some tough freshman players. Uh, the Gatula kid yeah, from Southeast, he's already there and he played quite a bit. And I did watch him on a, you know, and he, he's, you know, he stayed on his blocks. Um, but yeah, so we'll just have to see how it all works out, I think. But I'm with you, John, uh, nine and three. Uh, that would be, I'm not going to say that's a pipe dream, but nine and three, um, that's, that could be a reach. They have a lot of work to get there. They have a lot yeah. of work to do to get there. Jeff Sims, I well, I guess the biggest thing I saw was Jeff Sims was, uh, you know, he was better. We kept hearing that he was all over the board with his throwing, and I think in the spring game he was fairly accurate. He got rid of a couple balls when he was under pressure that I was surprised he got out as quick as he did. Um I'll just say he's going to be the starter over Casey Thompson in the fall. Casey Thompson we haven't seen because he's been injured and but and I think Casey I think we're we're in good shape at quarterback. You know, I noticed I noticed on YouTube on our post reaction video that somebody disagreed with my Heinrich Harburg take. 
about the fact that I'd like to see him run some option plays. Uh, they felt that Harburg was stiff. I guess I didn't think he was stiff. I think his passing needs a lot of work. or He needs to get on the field more if he's going to be a serviceable quarterback. But uh, I, I, I cheered a lot for Heinrich Harburg. Yeah, you did. Um, everybody <laughs> in the stadium started turning around every time Heinrich Harburg carried the ball because they were wondering <laughs> when John was going to yell. <coughs> Pardon me. In fact, uh, that's why Jeff Sims. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, it Jeff was, Sims. It was him. The, if, if you watch the post-game reaction video, yelling about Heinrich Harburg was why I loved my voice so much. Well, go ahead. Jeff Sims is he's got a lot more length than what you know I thought he did, and and he's going to be a serviceable quarterback. I think he's going to be fine, and. You know, I, I think it's safe to say that he's going to start the season as the starter unless unless he gets banged up um, because Casey Thompson simply has not had, you know, the opportunity and the time this spring uh, to get the kind of reps to, to beat him out, I think. Um, Heinrich Harburg, I, you know, he's, he's, he's a big kid. He's a strong kid. And I think what, what you know, as far as him – uh, running the football that is going to be successful because of his size, not because of his speed, not because of his quickness or his agility. Um, you know, but like I said, a month or maybe even further back um, of the quarterbacks that we currently have on the roster, some are going to leave. Um, I, you know, we'll see. Uh, the NCAA, I don't know that they've been real strict with some enforcement because originally with this whole portal thing, it was you can transfer the first time without sitting out a year. But after that, supposedly you were supposed to sit out a year unless there was some kind of hardship or whatever. Well, I haven't paid a bit of attention to that, but what I've read is that people aren't having to show a whole lot of hardship. So who knows what's going to happen? But I think Chubba Purdy is probably going to be in his best interest to, to move on. Um, we did not see Logan Smothers. He was hurt. I no, don't know didn't. what's going to happen with him. I'd kind of like to see him hang on to the Torres kid. He's got an arm. I mean, he's, he's, he can sling it. Um, but Do you think we'll, he'll stay? I don't know. I don't know. Why, why not did, did, for a year? What does he have to lose for a year? I mean, it's well, not like true. he's going to go in the portal. He's not going to go into the portal and, and land a starting job anywhere. That's a good point. Didn't we have a conversation with the people around us, the guys next to us, about which quarterbacks we thought would go? Or is that just in my my mind? I think that's just in your head. <laughs> we, you know, the, the, another name, you know, because he's come up and his name's in the portal for football, Mikey Polly. Um, you know, he's the one that also is playing some baseball. He was not on the field. Um that I could tell. Um, I don't recall him being out there. Um, I'm, I'm told he's a hell of a baseball player. I would just like to see him stick around and play baseball, but apparently he wants to do both. So, I I don't even recall that name. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to take some comments. Uh, if I can figure out how this works. Don Dre comes up and says, Maybe Nebraska will get some good linemen from the transfer portal. You know, the Omaha paper did an article 
about why Nebraska isn't going to look for any offensive linemen in the transfer portal. And probably the biggest reason is because they have way too many scholarship players already and they have to cut, you know, we need, we haven't, I don't think we've really seen anybody enter the transfer portal, but we still have our like 12 players over the scholarship limit. So I don't think you're going to be bringing any linemen when you're, I think if they can get a lineman or two, they will. I think they'll cut below if they need to, Um, you know, uh, Matt rule is not playing for 2024. You know, he's, he's playing for 2023. And, you know, if he can bring in, I mean, let's face it, the depth is horrible on the offensive line compared to any other position group. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make this statement and you can, you can argue with me all you want. Whenever, and this is true for any coach, not just Nebraska's coaches, but when I look at coaching hires, my philosophy has always been is that the first year doesn't matter to a coach because they usually have a three-year, five-year, seven-year contract. It's usually generally accepted that their first year is going to be kind of a mess. I know everybody is like, oh, they got to win. They can't be complete slough-offs. They can't go 0-12. Those things are true. But I think when you're a coach and you're looking at this and saying, well, they gave me this contract length and I'm going to take the time. That's why I'm going to look at it and say, I don't think we're going to go after any more portal trans alignment, unless there's somebody that just comes out and they're a, they're a guy that's a proven starter. And they, they just look at Nebraska and go, I want to go to Nebraska and play football. Uh, then I'd go, okay, why don't you come to Nebraska and play football? A guy who is a all SEC guard. <laughs> so, we, um, what you, go ahead. Rebut that point about well, the first I year. Okay. I think that's the dumbest. I think that's the dumbest thing I've heard you say for a while. Um, I have never met a coach. I have never met a coach, particularly at the college level, that doesn't want to win games. That is the dumbest. Winning doesn't matter, or it doesn't I didn't matter. Say how that it, I didn't say winning doesn't matter. I, said, I did not. I said the first year doesn't matter in, in terms the of The first structure. year doesn't matter. So I, you, you extrapolate that out. The first year doesn't matter. So that's bullshit. Every year matters. I mean, there have been coaches that have walked into situations that have been fired after the first year. You know, you've got you've – got to well you know scott frost was always talking about culture 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 and matt rule came in talking about culture 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 what kind of a culture a winning culture you can't build a winning culture unless each and every day you strive for success and to be better today or better tomorrow than you were today and you've got to set out to win ball games you can't say it doesn't matter well, I mean, it doesn't matter in the long-term planning of being a successful program. Perhaps in hindsight. <laughs> Maybe we should just move but, on. No, I'll take Scott Frost for an example. To say that that first year didn't matter. You know, you and I talked a little bit about this in the car. I said, you know, I still think that there's a degree, you know, a degree of his his failure was he was snake bit to some extent. We can't control fate and luck. And the fact that that Akron game was canceled, 
with all the hype, with all the preparation, Scott Frost had that team peaked for that game, and then they didn't get to play. And then they have to go out to Colorado after that emotional letdown of not being able to play the week before. I'm not a Scott Frost fan, but I will tell you, if they would have played Akron and if they would have won, who knows what would have happened. Okay. Wait, just calm yourself. <laughs> MK says, I'm sorry, John, but it sounds like you're already rationalizing. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I am, MK guy. And then Don Drake comes in with, uh, uh, when you guys argue, it is very therapeutic for me. That's, I don't know what to think of that. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ask a real counselor about that question. And then, uh, <laughs> David Matney, who who we met, and it was good to meet you guys, the, the Matney family. I still think that first game was some sort of curse. Uh, let me get through. Somebody, oh, David Matney also said, for our last coach, the first five years didn't matter. <laughs> well, is, yeah, very yeah, see, see? <laughs> what? Okay, going back a bit, Matt Hansen points out there were a lot of fumbles. Yes, there were, Matt. There were that was surprising. I thought that that was surprising, and I imagine those guys are going to catch holy hell for how many fumbles they had. Oh, I'm uh, back. Yeah, Frank Sack or Fred Sacco says the fullback trap to start. He says he called it. He probably did. And give them giving them giving the ball to Frank was great. The players hit and tackled. Sims looked decent. About all you can expect, expect never learn a ton from these. You know, that was 100%. a nice that, that was a nice touch for the first the first play. Yeah, and and on that first play, I already got a couple of the things that I was looking for because they pulled a they pulled a guard on the trap, and uh, I said last week I wanted to see some lineman pull, and we saw lineman pull periodically through the game, which was nice. So there is some movement. There is you know. Uh, uh, a different look to what they're going to do up front. But, you know, what do you, John, what do you think of the people out there that are critical of the way that Nebraska handled the whole Solich thing, you know, where they're saying, you know, a bunch of hypocrites ran him out of town and now you're trying to welcome him back like a conquering hero. I don't, I didn't buy that at all, but what are your thoughts on that? People said that. Yeah, I've read that a few times. Really? Yep. You know what? I thought it was a nice touch. I guess between Frank Solich showing up, which was a very nice – well, I thought it was a very well-done emotional moment. I got teary-eyed because, uh, you know, I still – well, Stan, I've always said this. Frank was going to be fired sooner or later anyway just because mostly he wasn't Tom Osborne, and you, that's it. You follow a legend, you're not going to do well unless you're a legend, and it's really hard to get those two of those in a row. You know, Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers. That's a legend, legend. Both yeah, weird guys. Happen. Both weird guys. But uh, I thought they did a very good job with it. And and really what struck me between the Frank Solich thing and the new Herbie thing, and then uh, let's see here. I got a pinned message. MK mentioned the T-shirt Gatling gun. You know, between all of those things, I thought somebody's actually paying attention to what the frick is going on at the athletic department. Somebody's paying attention and is organizing things. And not just from the football coach that we got rid of. 
I, I think it's the thing is, is if you go into the past regime of the athletic director, I did they really do much in terms of let's have this event and let's do this thing? And I mean, we're already starting to, yeah, I don't know, try to get people around the program and kind of like go, uh, let's clean up some stuff and let's make some new stuff. And the Gatling gun was pretty cool, I thought was. Well, you know, you you talked about the new Herbie and with the hype video that they had for that and with a few other things that I saw, I think it's really kind of interesting how they're really trying to reestablish that kind of rural, you know, salt of the earth uh, type of type of uh, connection and, you know, really building on that. And, you know, with the Gatling gun. I thought it was interesting because in years past, they didn't have the Gatling gun. They had a T-shirt gun, you know, that but they ran him out there in kind of an extended uh, golf cart. Well, now they have a John Deere tractor, a little little mini John Deere tractor, you know, pulling a flatbed with these two big old Gatling guns and some incredible. I don't know if that's a Burlington Northern Santa Fe train whistle that they had going. Um <laughs> Or, or what, but I mean, it made a lot of noise. The only thing that I little I worry about there is that I think they need to broaden out the wheelbase on that trailer so it's a little bit smoother ride for Herbie as he as he spins around there. But that Gatling gun was cool, and you know, I think here's what I think. I think pregame they should run him around there and fire off T-shirts. And then, like, at the end of the first quarter, jam it full of hot dogs and fire hot dogs in the first quarter and then runs us, you know. I mean, I think that's a multi-purpose Gatling, Gatling gun. That, do, you, uh, do, do you think that they would survive the flight? Well, I don't know. Would you, um, would you take how – about, how about if you did T-shirts, hot dogs wrapped in T-shirts? We could do that. Yeah. Yeah, you, might be, you might be able to reach the second deck if you – Put a little more weight there. That was cool. That was that was that was cool. I I did. I thought that they did a very nice job. I thought the Frank Solich thing was handled well. I guess I don't see the yeah. whole uh, hypocrite thing unless you just want to bitch about things. I noticed somebody you know, I, bitched about what was it? His daughter. Somebody was wearing an Ohio jersey or Ohio shirt, and I thought, what the hell did you expect? I mean, well, good and, God, and, he spent a lot of time there. Linda pointed out they have to throw all that weight. Yeah, we heard from some other people that the wife didn't look real happy. Um, I'm not sure that I would have looked real happy being out on that damn cold football field, you know. Um, And I don't know. Maybe they. Maybe she still is um, harboring some from strong feelings about what happened. And and Frank Frank can't help but still feel that way. I mean. It was, it was a bad, it was a bad deal, a bad deal the way it was all handled. Um, yeah, but I'm glad, true. I'm I'm glad that it came off the way it did. Um, you know, the press conference that Frank had the day before, uh, I thought that was you know handled really well. Um, you know, their name in the locker room in the new football facility, their name in that after him, um, Frank Solich. You know, he he. Uh, he contributed a lot to this college, a lot to this university. Linda says maybe she was just old and cold. Shit. Linda, 
I was old and cold, and I was up in the uh, in a club seat where I could walk inside every once in a while. I thought I was going to do a lot better with the cold because you know Minnesota and all that crap. But it, I mean, it was April. If it would have been November, I would have been fine. It would have been like mentally conditioned to go. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a great time, but my legs were still cold later that night. Uh, yeah, it's a good. We had a nice walk to the car, so I could actually get the blood flowing. Oops, I did that one. Let's clean some of these up. Uh, Dondre's. I did that one. Oh, Linda Wilkins did say earlier that receiver that came out of Virginia could be a lot of fun to watch. That was Billy yeah. Kemp the fourth. He was. He. I think it would be he interesting was. to see what he can do with the. Uh, punt return, but yeah, he was one of the standouts in the game. Running backs, any running backs caught your eye, Todd? Well, I've been a Gabe Irvin fan since he arrived, and I thought Gabe Irvin ran really well. It's nice to see A.J. Allen. You know, if those two guys can stay healthy, I'm not going to worry about whether anybody else gets the ball. It's kind of nice to see uh, Ramir Johnson, you know, get a get a carrier or two, but um, it, again, it's it's only one guy's opinion. I think if you can keep Gabe Irvin and A.J. Uh, Allen, if you can keep those guys healthy, I don't think you have to worry about any other running backs. Those those two guys are top-notch. Brando's Sports World comes in and says, J I just got in. Hi, Corn Nation. Hi, Brando's Sports World. Uh, what was up with Herbie's eyes and cheeks? Creepy. Fix that and we're good. Did you see Herbie's cheeks? I didn't. I, I can't tell you that. that it well, like it didn't had, make an impression. They have these little dimple things on them. They were, they were kind of no. creepy. He has kind of, I, I guess if you look at just a photo of him, I should have loaded one up. Uh, it is kind of, I don't know, kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, it's not Purdue Pete like I've seen shit scary, but it it's still... Uh, uh, it still was kind of nasty. Okay, uh, Vince Watson says... Little Red was not sacrificed or filled with helium and released with the rest of the balloons. You guys that hate Little Red, I just, um, I pray for you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Vince Watson, way a little while ago, said the O-line still poop emoji and maybe a little bit more polished, but still poop getting whipped by true freshmen. Todd, the defense. What did you think yeah. of the defense? Again, you know, the defense was was really vanilla. Um, they played a lot of guys. Uh, there's, you know, they they do have some good young players, um, I, I think. I think there's going to be some guys that are going to work out just fine. And some of the transfers, you know, uh, I've already mentioned MJ Sherman. He looks like a real linebacker. You know, uh, the, the guys that we've had on the field the last few years – uh, they certainly are not the physical specimen that that MJ Sherman is. And um, so th that's got me kind of excited. Malcolm Herzog, you know, playing in the in the defensive backfield. You know, he made some nice plays simply because he's so damn quick and he keeps good position. Um, you know, so so that was kind of exciting to watch. I, I you know, who knows about Did, the front line? Didn't you complain that he was tiny? He is. And I, and, and and I told I you that they say were really this. far away. Well, no, it, we're going to be fine. We'll be fine. The only thing that worries me is, 
you take Malcolm, is it Malcolm? Did I say that right? Herzog? Yeah. Hartzog. Okay. Hartzog. Okay. You, you take him and you take Billy Kemp and you take Coach McGuire. You know, we got to make sure that they get their nap time in. And I'm a little bit concerned about when the preschool lets out and whether or not oh they'll be at practice on time. I mean, these guys are tiny. Uh, they just look like little boys out there. Um, they were they were a long ways away from us, Todd. They were a long ways away from us, but you know, there's something to be said about perspective. And you know, when they line up next to some of those other guys and are little, 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 little compared to some of those guys, I, I think there's some concern with that. Bob Maston says, who will be the starting quarterback, Thompson or Sims? I, I'm just going to go ahead with Jeff Sims after the spring game and watching him, watching Jeff him throw Sims, the ball. Yeah. Jeff Sims will be the starting until he gets hurt, and then Casey Thompson will start. Maybe they'll use them both. Nah. Okay. Oh, what else do we have about the spring game? Anything? Um, What's on our list? We got through Frank Solich. Jeff Sims yeah. is the Gatling Garter. Uh, and it was cold. Anything else that uh, you, we got 47 people watching. Anything else commenters from you guys from the spring game? We have to, we had, we have now entered the football off season. And, uh, you know, that this well, is the time of the year where we make stuff up. I, so, I guess related to the spring game. Yeah. Um, you know, we're two days removed. Are you surprised we didn't hear some portal guys? Yes. I, I don't too. think we've heard any. I haven't heard any. I mean, we've had a couple of commits. We got a, you know, a tight end from Texas. Um, and now people are, you know, wondering, okay, so we got the tight end from Texas. What does that say about the tight end from Ainsworth? Well, you know, uh, I'm not going to give up on the tight end from Ainsworth. Uh, Matt Rule is going to recruit that kid as hard as he possibly can. Um, yeah, Ian Flint. Uh, you need more than one high-quality tight end. So hopefully we can get um, we can get the kid from, from Ainsworth as well. Um, well and I, I can't think of who the other one was that we got. I spent Sunday – I'd seen some family I hadn't seen in a while. And then uh, I met Kevin Knight and, uh, you know, one of our guys that did basketball for us for a while that will be leaving because he's moving to another site. So it was nice to see him. And then I spent all day today driving back and I actually had to stop in an Iowa rest area and uh, fix a server that blew up for a while. So I have not seen a lot of stuff today, but I did see one thing. And I think Linda mentioned it earlier is that uh, Colorado has had like, uh, after their spring game, they've had like, I don't know, 15 or 20, 18 guys, something like that already in the transfer portal, including one guy that was the star of the show. Yeah. A kid caught like 150 plus yards worth of, of passes. And he announced that he was entering the portal, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, if you would have told me that uh, Deion Sanders is going to go to Colorado and completely clean house, that would not surprise me at all. That wouldn't surprise me at all. 
it will be interesting. You know, I mean, a lot of people said, well, he's going to be able to get five-star recruits and all that kind of stuff. Well, if, if you are, um, if you're looking at um, some of the players that are leaving, uh, some of the better players are leaving and you kind of want to keep the good ones around. So, you know, maybe you're right, John, maybe some coaches do go into the first season and it really doesn't matter that much. You know, maybe that's prime times, prime times philosophy. So another recruit that we got, I forgot, is Willis McGahee the fourth, and he's a linebacker from Florida. Um, some of us probably remember watching his dad, a running back from Miami, was pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Okay, here is a tweet from I just clipped from Bill Connolly. I don't know if you know who Bill Connolly is. Bill Connolly is a guy who used to do a lot of stuff for SB Nation. Now he's on ESPN. He is a very good statistical analysis type guy, but he tweeted this today. By my count, Colorado's now lost all four quarterbacks who threw greater than 20 passes, three of five running backs, all nine players targeted more than nine, eight times with passes, five of eight offensive linemen, and seven of eight defensive linemen with more than 100 snaps all four linebackers with more than 200 snaps and 12 of 17 DBs with any snaps. Obviously added like one jillion transfers too, but good God. And Bill Connolly, I can tell you that Bill Connolly has done a very good job with his statistical analysis stuff. But the one thing that that statistical analysis stuff, when you do predictions about how good a team is going to be next year, you know what that's based on, Todd? Tell me. It's based largely on returning production. Yes, it is. In other, in other words, who are the guys that did stuff last year that are coming back this year? Because, I mean, when you look at a football game and you look at a football team, you realize that you're probably going to have, let's say, your team is going to have 80 plays a game. So that means that somebody gets to run the ball 80 times or whatever, or they're gonna somebody's going to have to catch 80 passes. Somebody's going to have to make 80 tackles. You get the idea, right? Somebody's going to have to do the production of making the statistics happen. And when you don't have those guys coming back, uh, number one, it's very hard to tell what's going to happen, but you're losing a lot of production and a lot of experience. And when I saw that tweet from Bill, my first thought was, oh, my God, if we lose to these people, it's going to be a complete freaking disaster. Well... You know, he he may have – he may upgrade the talent that he has on the team. He may. And and he may be able to have a lot of athletes out there. But he's going to have a very narrow window to build a team so that there's – you know, so that they play together, so that there's some kind of chemistry. Um, you know, we've seen it in, in different sports – you can have all the talent in the world, but unless those teams play together and play, you know, uh, with, with, uh, you know, commitment to one another. Um, yeah. I, now, you know, I talked about losing all four of the quarterbacks that have 20 or more, you know, whatever passes. Uh, he's no, he's got his son. His son's the starting quarterback there, you know? Is he? So yeah, I, I believe so. Uh, Linda Wilkins asked, Todd, are you going to the spring volleyball game in Central City? 
No, I'm not a guy that was going to drive to Central City and stand in line to buy tickets to watch a college volleyball game in a gym, in a high school gym. Uh, if I lived in Central City, I think I'd be pretty doggone excited about it. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool. But I'm going to sit that one out. I do think I'm going to go to the um, the volleyball game when at, at Memorial Stadium. I, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that'll be fun. James Marshall says Dion will be the world's fastest slow motion train wreck. You know, I kind of like hope, that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I certainly hope so because in the off chance that I just eliminated one of these things I wanted to show, in the off chance that we actually do lose to them, I shouldn't say that, should I? This is the time of the year where we're drinking Kool Aid, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> I like how you're short and sweet with that. Uh, yes. Come on, I missed one. Oh, here, wait. MK says, I sat near the basketball team at the spring game, and Kaisei Tominaga was there, so maybe the hope, some hope he's still invested in the program. God, I hope so. Uh, well, the when, other thing when, I, I'd – go ahead. When you and I were standing out, you know, on the east side of the stadium, we didn't know it. But, uh, you know, 30 feet away from us, golf cart flies up and these really tall guys who were definitely basketball players. I mean, they were basketball players get out. And then I see a picture posted on Twitter and it was uh, Bryce McGowan's and uh, oh, what is it, Hunter Salas or whatever his name is from Millard. That was two of the three. And the only reason I knew it was Bryce McGowan or that I put the connection together is Bryce McGowan's was wearing a gray sweatsuit with kind of with, with lighter gray flowers on it or something like that. And I saw that in the Twitter in, in, in Twitter. So um, yeah, I guess you run into all people and maybe you're not aware of it. You know, something else they did this year that I don't remember them doing last year. Of course, my experience at the spring game is two um, now, but they, they introduced all of, you know, the, the incoming class of oh, uh, they did, players. Yeah, yeah the, they had them all at um, center field, you know, at the 50-yard line, and they introduced every one of them, which I thought was pretty cool. That was pretty neat. Uh, a new guy or a new person or new – maybe it's a new AI. 111 Jimmy says, did Nebraska win their spring game? Todd? Well, did they? I don't know. Remember, I was sitting up there and we fumbled the ball, or and I went. I don't know if we're. Lose? I don't know if we're kicking ass or getting destroyed. Did you know, because if they're fumbling, if we had a lot of fumbles, didn't those, doesn't that mean that the defense created those fumbles? Well, one team won and one team lost, and they were both well, Nebraska. <laughs> But I mean, you know, if you were going to make comments, that's the thing about it is I, I did see, I think somebody left a YouTube comment that said there was as ne many negative things as there were good things. And I thought, you know, that's probably an appropriate comment because uh, probably, you know, I mean, that's for the court coaches to sort through. I'm sure, you know, when they grade, grade it out, they'll have plenty to talk about with the players. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. Let me try to find these chat things and keep up. <sighs> On it, Fred Sacco asking, I'm sure this is early, 
but you know we're in the last 10 minutes of the show so we're going to we're going to do wild speculation time i guess honest question do you guys think we'll beat colorado they were even worse than we were last year i can't see them beating us i agree i i think fred i think nebraska is going to beat colorado um you know it's going to get a lot of attention because it'll be Dion's first game as a head coach, I think. Or do they play the week before? I think they do. Are we their opener? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. But it's Colorado, Nebraska, and it's Dion Sanders. So there's going to be a lot of hype. But Nebraska should beat Colorado. I, I'm, I'm planning on them beat Colorado. Uh, there was another one, if I would keep up to date here. Brando Sports World says, fellas, I know it's early, but if you could give a percentage out of 100 on if Matt Rule will be the man to get us back on track, Big Ten championship contention. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. 88%. 88%. Yep. Can you do, can you Elaborate on how you came up with 88%. Um, I like the way the number 88 played um, on Saturday. He played both ways. Um, I, I think here's what I think. Um, I think Matt Rule is a good football coach. I think he is doing all of the right things at the moment to build a program. Um, I think that his, his past record, uh, would indicate that he's going to get this ship righted and we're going to move forward. Now, nine and three in year one, no. Nine and three in year two, I don't think so. We're going to have to be patient, but I think you're going to see steady progress um, from him. And and um, you know, I I I I'm, I'm I believe in Matt Rule. I feel a lot better about him than. Uh, the previous previous coach i was gonna say 78 percent because it, you know it just sound 88 sounds still a little too sure for me 78 sounds like i i'm hedging in, in the right area but james marshall comes in with 30 percent james in the comments could you explain why why you're not drinking the kool-aid because this is a worse that's what is that's what we do this time of year is we drink the kool-aid and obviously, you're not joining well, us. Linda wants to apparently know what kind of beer I'm going to be drinking. I'm Linda. I drink Bud Light, and I make no apologies for drinking Bud Light. It's not <laughs> even a beer. <laughs> well, given the choice, Bud Light and Coors Light, I'm going to drink Bud Light. You know what happened? You know what happened over the time I was gone. Uh, my third year anniversary of quitting drinking uh, uh, came and went, and. Uh, I saw a bunch of family members Sunday and they kind of, we talked about my quitting drinking and I told them that the scariest thing about quitting drinking, they said, was it hard? And I said, no, and I have no desire to ever drink alcohol again. And, and I said, you know what the scariest part was? The scariest part was uh, people realizing that my behavior was all because of me and not alcohol. <laughs> In other words, people going, oh my God, you were an asshole all along. There you yeah. go. That, that was the hardest part about quitting drinking. I said, That's funny you say that because over the years, I don't know how many different people that you and I, or that I have bumped into, you know, that know you or that have met you. 
And, you know, they've always said, my God, when he drinks, he's just a wild man. Or when he drinks, I can't, you know, and I said, no, he's, uh, he's pretty much the same when he isn't drinking. You didn't have to go sober to prove to me that you're a lunatic. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to, I'd miss these. Okay. James Marshall is 65% to win the division, 30% for the conference. You know, he kind of does have a point because this is going to, the conference is going to get a hell of a lot harder in two years. You know, with USC, UCLA coming in and kind of the divisions being broken up and the way that everything's going to look, he, he may have a point there. I, You know, and again, I think it's going to be interesting to see how football changes in two years where, you know, when you look at the NFL and you go, you made the playoffs, was that a successful season? It depends on who you are. If you're the Detroit Lions and you make the playoffs, that's a hell of a successful season. If you're the NFL or the Vikings and you go 13-3 and three and lose in the first round, I think you could argue no. But I think in, well, like, with the expanded playoff, we're going to have a lot more leeway on what a successful season is. You know, who knows? We've, we've thrown this out from time to time. I still think there's going to end up being – uh, a, a super conference of some type, um, whether Nebraska gets invited to be part of that or not, who knows? Um, but I, you know, winning, I, I don't think that, that he's that far off winning the conference, um, 30% chance of winning the conference. Maybe that's not that far off. I, I will be happy if Nebraska is in contention. I want Nebraska in contention, winning divisions, you know, uh, and 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 getting into you know the conference championship—that's where I want us, and that's where I expect to see. You know, Wade Farr brings up a good point. They ha- he's <clears throat> excuse me, Wade Farr says they had two fake punts, which offensive players took off running down the field like they didn't know it was a fake. Okay, both times. Matt Rule explained that. Okay. Matt Rule called those when the red was forced to punt because he he wanted the red to have more offensive reps. And there's I didn't you know he didn't give a full explanation, but my guess is is you know he was standing back behind the offense the whole game, and my guess is is that the only person that knew it was a fake was Brian Bashini. Yeah. I think it was pretty obvious because because on one of those plays, the gunner stopped blocking his guy. He blocked him initially, and and then he let him go, and that was the guy that tackled Bishimi. Otherwise, he would have had a, you know, he would have had a first down. So I thought it was interesting. I mean, that's probably why you can't read too much into it. I mean, you can see Matt Rule behind standing behind the offense and waving off penalties and stuff like that. So, Uh, all right. We're, we're running up on about a minute and a half left. Is there anything else that we missed? Well, um, I'm just going to throw this out because we got a few guys that kind of relate back to the first sport. Um, saw something that I had heard about today, um, but I'd kind of forgotten it. But they released the seeds for the U.S. Open Wrestling Championships. And this is where the elite of American wrestling at the top level, that's our national championships. 
And um, the only ones that are not there are the ones who, you know, won the last time and can opt to sit this one out and then take on the winner for the world team. Kind of a goofy thing. But they released the seeds today, and I was looking at the Greco-Roman seeds, and I get down to 130 kilograms. In other words, the big guys, the really big guys. The second seeded guy is Tanner Farmer. Tanner Farmer, offensive lineman, University of Nebraska, only practiced wrestling at Nebraska, went to Concordia College and wrestled there um, after he finished up at Nebraska. Now he's training at the University of Illinois. And now go down and look at number six, Rulon Gardner, former Nebraska wrestler, former Olympic gold medalist, 51 years old. 51 years old. He nearly died at least twice. He was up over, I believe, 500 pounds at what? one point. At least over 400 pounds, but I could swear it was over 500 pounds. The was guy... This was, this, was this a medical condition? Or it was it just... a combination of depression and all other sorts of stuff that was going on in his life. He's got himself back in shape at age 51, and he's going to go out there and roll around on the mat this week against guys that are less than half his age. Colton Schultz, who's seated number one, Colton Schultz is 20, 21, 22 years old. Tanner Farmer might be 25. Adam Kuhn is pushing 30. And then you got Rulon Gardner. At age 51? At age 51. Damn. <laughs> I need to uh, I need to start getting in better shape. Well, I think I said it to you. I would love to go back and start officiating wrestling, but I got to lose 50 pounds to do that. And because uh, I can't get down and up and down. I can't I, I can't get up and down off the mat. Well, I and get to have my I get to have my annual cardiology appointment tomorrow, along with an angiogram, which are always interesting because you get to see your own heart flowing and stuff like that. Uh, and I have a gob of questions for my cardiologist about uh, supplements that I can and can't take for my brain injury and for energy and things like that, and whether or not they're going to you know, cause problems with uh, medicine and all this kind of crap. Uh, Fred Sacco says, I bet John could take him with a flying body press and a Baron Von Rasky iron claw. Well, I could. <laughs> I think you could. I think All right. you could. Uh, you know what? I think that's that's going to be it. We are into the football offseason. And I think that what I'm going to try to do during the offseason is we're going to try to find some guests that will come on and talk to us. Uh, we're going to hopefully find some guys. I what I what my goal would be is to find. You know what? What I want to do is is be interesting. I know that our channel is kind of all over the board sometimes, and a lot of YouTube channels, particularly, they do one thing and that's their niche. You know, and I've been doing the college football history videos. We do the podcast, and then we do reaction videos. I, I just, all, my goal is we are doing one thing and that is being interesting. So 
I want to find some guests that will talk to us from other teams, hopefully in the Big Ten, about how their offseason is going. Obviously, they're probably not winning theirs as much as ours as we are. But, uh, you know, if you watch the Wisconsin spring game, you know, I'll go find a Wisconsin guy, hopefully find a Gopher guy, an Iowa guy. And, uh, you know, we'll find some other players, to people maybe to talk about nil or talk about other things around college athletics. Uh, and then we'll call it tight. We'll talk about Mideast policy. No, we won't talk about Mideast policy. <laughs> okay. okay. What did you want to have a guest on about Mideast policy, Todd? Um, I don't mind talking about Ohio and Indiana, you know, Kentucky. <laughs> I, I'm good with that. <laughs> well, maybe we'll find some of those people then. There okay. you go. There, okay. Uh, all right. Thank you all for being here, and uh, thank you for continuing to support us. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what we come up with. Baseball team, obviously, is always going to be a subject. But uh, we'll see what we can do for football and to keep it interesting during the offseason. Good night, Todd. Good night, John. Uh.